the Pillars of Health podcast with strength coach John Carroll, coming to you from the Movement Lab in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're about to dive into everything you need to know when it comes to strength and conditioning, nutrition, sleep, and stress management. Check us out on movementlabrally.com and coachjohncarroll.com. And now your host, John Carroll. All right, welcome to the Personal Health Podcast, episode 96. It's been a while since myself and Aaron have been on the podcast, so... Thanks for having me back. Here we are. Bells and whistles back at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. I but don't know either. I'm just going to run with it. All right, we're covering a topic today. It kind of came, came to us over the weekend, something we heard while we were shopping at a store here in Raleigh. And it was just a couple kind of hanging out together. And I think the husband lifted up a 15-pound dumbbell uh, towards his wife to get her attention right. And she was like, I don't need that or I don't want that. I'm trying to get skinny. Something along those lines, Mm. right? And so (laughs) as we're walking by, I didn't initially hear the full comment in return. And then Aaron filled me in. And so it just got us thinking about that mindset. And it's something... No matter where we've been, we have come across that. Yeah, no matter where we've been, we've definitely come across it. But I think some areas of the world are still fighting to truly understand how exercise, particularly strength training, benefits your body. And that lifting weights doesn't necessarily mean you're going to turn into a bodybuilder. Right, yeah. And, you know, we have definitely covered this on some other other episodes, maybe not just this topic, but it's been included in other episodes. But it's one thing to think, okay, a 15-pound dumbbell, if I train with this, I'm going to turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger in two weeks. <laughs> it just doesn't happen, you know? And that, that misconception of, especially for females, where it's pretty prevalent, right? I need to get skinny. And so the term for me, skinny, is it's pretty loaded. Like, I have a lot of questions. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot to unpack there. I think that I I don't want to shame anyone. If weight loss is your goal, by all means, you should chase you should chase that like whatever you think is going to enhance your life. But truly understand the why, because we as women are so just kind of bombarded by the media and the world telling us to be smaller. If you go out grocery shopping you see magazines it's on tv it's it's literally everywhere how to lose that stubborn belly fat or to be less get rid of that last five pounds or there are all sorts of lines for women to be less and so understand that if you want weight loss it should be for you not because you feel like it's something you need to go after right now for me i want to clear up the whole Weight loss versus fat loss. Mm. Okay, now this is a big one for me because when someone says to me, I want to lose weight, okay, for example, Phil Mickelson, professional golfer, recently lost 30 pounds, right? He lost weight. He was drinking bulletproof coffee and protein shakes for 30 days, something like that, some, some garbage routine. Lost a bunch of weight. Did he lose fat? May have. Deal lose muscle, probably. Definitely. Right? So that's weight loss. For fat loss, you're going to go about it a totally different way. 
That's true. And the other thing is when you do anything extreme like that, I don't care if it's bulletproof coffee or keto, or but basically what you're doing is starving yourself. You're restricting your calories so far yeah. back that weight loss is going to happen really quickly. And like Jonathan said, you're definitely going to lose muscle mass then as well. You're not going to be able to sustain that, period. Plus, you'll probably put that, that on, weight loss back is on coming. Or, yeah, exactly. All that weight you lost is coming back. It's not sustainable. Nope. And you did not teach yourself any good habits. Right. But then... To play devil's advocate, right, for someone who is so hung up on seeing a certain weight on the scale, that's what they're going to go to because it gives them quick results. Yeah. You know, like if I, or, you know, it's been a long time since I've been 120 pounds, but (laughs) (laughs) maybe when I was born. But as a female, if I see 120 pounds as my goal and I'm at 130, sure, I'm I'm going to lose weight and get to 120 and then... I may feel better, but will I feel better? Number one, I'm thinking probably not because when you get to that weight, you're probably still not going to be happy with how your body looks and feels, number one. But number two, the things you've done to get there, you're not you're not enjoying that. Exactly. The other thing that I like to ask clients when they have a certain number in their head is like, why? Why do you, like, what is it about that number that you think will make your life better if you if that number is what you read on the scale. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it, it feeds back into, like I said, the, like, what is skinny? Is skinny, is skinny the narrative that you're being fed as to what a woman should look like? Or if you are, if you don't fit the traditional look of what, you know, we see or the media portrays of uh, a woman's body, what, like, is your only option to try and lose weight to fit that? Or is it to embrace who you are and be happy the, in, in the body you have. Exactly, and learn how to do that. And it, like I said, you can still strive for weight loss. If weight loss is going to make you healthier and happier and you're not starving yourself, you're learning healthy habits, that's okay if you want to still lose some weight. But just make sure that it's truly for you. Yeah, and I think to clarify and why I was mentioned in relation to the weight loss versus fat loss thing, like a fat loss is, number one, it's habit changing in the way you're eating because you want to reach a a caloric deficit in order to lose that weight over time, which is more sustainable as opposed to this crash course weight loss that Phil Mickelson done, right? And then once you have set up uh, proper nutritional habits and you have, say, you know, a, a solid strength training routine, in there as well. That's something that is highly sustainable. Exactly. If you if you get the right people to help you. Yeah. And right. if you understand that you don't have to be in an extreme caloric deficit to lose weight. You're much better off doing something a little bit less aggressive. Right. And you know, to to kind of throw some light on that topic, I once very early on in my career I had someone come to me and say, I'm taking in twelve hundred calories a day. Oh my I'm doing high intensity training five days a week and nothing's happening. And I was like, yes, nothing is happening. And in fact, you might hurt yourself pretty badly, right? So the body is there. Your brain is in a game of sustaining your existence. Exactly. (laughs) So for you to totally reduce uh, calories like that, it's telling the brain that we are in a shortage of food and all this other stuff. If you were to try and exercise for six hours, your body would support maybe 30 to 45 minutes of that. And then after that, we're done here. You know, so if your activity level increases, increase your calories. Yeah, you've got to you've got to support it now. And I I think that I want to make sure when I say increase your calories, like some people look at exercise and think 
completely opposite what Jonathan and I are talking about here, right? Oh, I exercise so I can eat whatever I want. No, just eat bigger portions. Still eat healthy. Right. Get your nutrition Major in check. Food groups. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think my next question is in relation to this topic. In relation to strength training for women and just strength training in general for everyone, really, is strength training something people see as purely for aesthetics? And if that is the narrative, why are we still stuck in that? Because we need to open it up to include general health as well. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, I think that not just strength training, I think a lot of people still only exercise for aesthetic reasons. They, you know, they want to look different. They want to change the way they look. And, that, and like, listen, training is totally okay if you if you want to. You know, improve the way you look or change the way you look, that's totally fine. But we also have to embrace the long-term health benefits of training. Yeah. And I think that if you're only doing something because you think it's going to change the way you look, you're less likely to enjoy it. You're less likely to stick with it. Plus, you're, you're looking for a quick change, right? And when that quick change doesn't come, there's a good chance you're not going to keep on doing what you're doing. Mm. Because we, and again, it's, it's kind of a mindset thing of changing the outlook as to the short term, let's get beach body ready for the summertime. Ugh. That's got to be a year Everybody round thing. Everybody is beach body for the record. It's got to be a year round thing. Uh, and this is this is what my, my mindset is. You know, like I want to get people thinking, like, I want you healthy year round. I want you feeling happy about your body year round. It shouldn't be this thing where we put in this huge effort three or four months of the year and then everything goes to crap after that you know Mm -hmm. yeah and i think it's okay to train for aesthetic reasons but like you said i think there's a lot of other reasons that you should train and i think that you should find a style of training that you truly enjoy yeah i mean when you look at things in relation to the other benefits okay yes you can definitely change your body composition like we mentioned when it comes to weight loss and fat loss right like a pound of fat and a pound of muscle weigh the same no, no, no shit there, right? Because <laughs> it's a pound of each. But if you were to put a pound of muscle and a pound of fat beside each other, the pound of muscle takes up less space. Yep. It's more dense. Your body's going to look different. Your composition is going to look different if you have more lean muscle as opposed to a weight loss approach to where you know, you're losing body weight, but it's a combination of fat and muscle. All right. You know, and I always point out to people the major uh, benefits, like you're going to lower blood pressure and cholesterol if you're coming from a position of being high in those areas, right? You're going to lower your odds of some brain-related disease later on in life, like dementia, and you're going to avoid stuff like cardiovascular disease, which affects one in four people in America, which is pretty crazy stuff. And to top that off, like you said, diseases that people suffer with later in life, Women have such a high rate of osteoporosis, and we can prevent that with strength training. Yeah, very true, very true. So my thing is, let's change I'm trying to get skinny to I'm trying to get strong. Yeah. I think that would be a nice little approach, just to change the mindset, to change our outlook on what we're doing when we do step foot in the gym, whether it's with a coach or not, but you're looking to improve your long-term health overall. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's hard to, because we have a style of training that we obviously feel very strongly about, but we want to promote people doing whatever makes them happy. So, of course. you know, when I, if you want to get strong, cool. If you just want a base level of strength that helps you through your life, great. 
but ultimately let's let's try and get happy with the body that we have and the lifestyle we live yeah and that's that's totally not to enforce my goals on somebody right because i just think in relation to life in general strength is going to help you do things a lot more easily in your day-to-day life yeah Yeah. you know one of the thoughts i had when we were in target this guy picks up, you know, they're obviously shopping for exercise equipment. He picks up the 15 pound dumbbell, holds it up. And, and she is obviously appalled at the thought of lifting weights. And in my head, I'm like, I, you know, I don't know this couple at, at all, but women carry babies around all day. And they're, I mean, kids weigh 15 pounds before they turn a year old most of the time so 15 pounds is not a lot of weight let's regroup that idea right where like we as women can only lift these little two and a half pound dumbbells 15 pounds when i was born yeah (laughs) probably um but 15 pounds is not a lot of weight and it's you're not going to put on a sizable amount of muscle mass lifting a 15 pound dumbbell yeah, it's it's pretty crazy to think because, I mean, if it was her response in relation to a 50-pound dumbbell, I would have been like, um, okay, I can kind of see where you're coming from, right? Like, I, I, I know that that statement is still wrong, but... Maybe 15 pounds or 50 pounds is not a good place to start if you haven't strength trained exactly. before. Exactly. Like, there's, yeah, there's so many other areas, but if we're talking a 15-pound dumbbell because, you know, these places only sell small weights, 5, 10, 15s. You're going to be fine. <laughs> you know, like, this is not this is not the case where you're going to wake up and you have like an extra 200 pound of muscle you suddenly put on because you done a set of bicep curls last night. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah, I just hope that we can get the the message out there and, and help spread the message of what is really going on when it comes to training, how to get your goals. You know, even if you do want to lose weight or lose fat and change your body composition, I think. Once we do get people training and they and they see what strength can do for them, they embrace that. You yeah. know, like it's it's almost this thing where like un, until you've trained to improve your strength with someone, with a coach who knows what he's doing, you suddenly see all the, those benefits. Yep. And then uh, the other stuff that you are worried about kind of fade, you know, and they can still be there by all means. But th- that strength is such a huge benefit that a lot of other things fall into place. It's true. And you you start to see, like you said, things falling into place. You start to see that, okay, my body's changing. I like the way I look. I like the way I feel. But the number on the scale hasn't changed a whole lot. Like it might change a little bit for some folks. Of course, it all depends on where your starting point is and how much of your lifestyle changes. Um, but it's really great to see that, in my opinion, as a coach, someone who thinks they want to lose weight and then they come in, they start training and they're like, man, I feel great. Mm-hmm. Everybody's commenting. Like my, I look stronger. My body looks different, but I noticed like I haven't lost a ton of weight and I'm like, yeah, but look at how much your body's changed and how much it can do for you right. now and how, right. how much better you feel living sure. in it. And like to the way your clothes look and the way you feel being able to do things. Right. And that's, and that's a good point because when when someone looks at the scale solely as a judge of the success of their training routine, it it's leading them down an alleyway that is not giving them true responses, right? Because, like I said, if someone's one twenty and they're they're doing a strength training r- routine, they can change how their body looks, mm-hmm. but still stay the same weight. 
Yeah. Right? They can change how their body looks right, and feels. A, that's a very low weight, too. 120. Right. They might, example, they might yeah. put on weight. Like, so, just not even 120, but like at any weight, 150, mm-hmm. 160, 170, you might gain a little bit of weight when you start training, but your body still looks different. Again, kind of getting into other areas which are common themes when it comes, especially females in training, is I feel like the the narrative of consistent high levels of conditioning Mm. are necessary to lose fat for women, right? Which, again, is another one of those rabbit holes we could go down all day. But it's one of those things where I feel like... I've got to run. I've got a bike. I've got to... Yeah, and just this, this conditioning, whatever it is, a high level... You know, high intensity, maybe three to five days a week to get down to a weight. But then I asked the question, I was like, okay, so number one, how do you feel when you're doing this routine? And number two, are you getting better at anything in this training routine? Yeah. They're the questions I ask. And that, it's not to say that, if, like, again, if you love biking or you love running, do it 100%. And you can have conditioning type programs that are progressive and you get better at them. But what's popular right now is these high intensity workouts that are just making people sweat. And like Jonathan said, you're not really getting better at anything. Yeah. Well, I recently told one of my, my clients at the, the movement lab, two ways that are very ineffective as to judging how your training is going is number one, how much you sweat it. And number two, how sore you are after the workout, mm. right? If you're looking for those two, I would try and change that mindset. I would I would shift that to, what am I learning when I go to the gym? Mm-hmm. Am I getting better at these skills that my coach is teaching me? And how are they benefiting me in my day-to-day life? Yeah. Because if I'm doing conditioning three to five days a week and that's all I'm doing, and I'm going into work the next day and I'm sore all the time, is that enhancing my life? Yeah. Also, I would question, why is your body not recovering from work? Like, why is it taking so long? Because, you know, some yeah. soreness is relatively normal if your workout gets harder or if you introduce a new movement. But if you're doing a progressive program over a month or eight weeks or however long, you shouldn't leave the gym feeling wrecked for the next two days after your workout every time. And, you know, this feeds into the high-intensity mindset that we talk about sometimes here on the podcast about in order to be achieving your goals, sometimes people think that you need to be putting 100-plus percent into whatever you're doing all the time, Mm -hmm. you know. And that, and like we said, that's promoted with these, these... Studios or whatever you want to call them that do solely conditioning, you know, whether it's the the cycling or the rowing, whatever it is, when you're going in there, they're pushing you and you're getting extra points for being in the red of your heart rate. That's not going to help you feel good over time. No, it's really not. So again, like I said in the beginning, I've got so many questions, but, (laughs) but I would say, you know, if I would say to someone, if you could stay in and around the same weight, but totally change your body composition. Would you be happy? Yeah. That's what I would, I would put to someone in relation to as to why you should get into strength training. Mm-hmm. You know, I think with a conditioning only program or approach, 
you may lose some weight initially. Like we said, weight, not fat. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be something that slowly creeps back up to you because you've probably started out at such a high pace, such a high level of intensity, that it's something that's not sustainable for the long term. Yeah. So just a couple of thoughts I have on that. I think those are good thoughts. <laughs> but, you know, just to kind of sum it up, it's easier said than done. You know, when we hear, hear us talking about, it, like, love the body you have and, and stuff like that. And that's not to say, like, settle. You know, no. that's not to say settle for what you have. Of course, it's always good to strive to improve yourself. And we're definitely not saying not to do that. Uh, or definitely not saying to settle for what you have. But, you know, I think at a certain point, we've got to have realistic goals. We've got to have a position where are we always going to be unhappy with our body? Like, yeah. like when, when, when were you happy with your body? Was it when you were in your teens and 20s? Because if you're comparing yourself to that and you're in your 30s and 40s, that's not fair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, were, you were still kind of a child then. Like, that's, you know, your body's going to be different. It has, it's wiser, it's older, it's, <laughs> it has many more years of experience under its belt. Plus, you were able to recover so much faster then. Exactly. Your you body's know? very different. And you probably have a lot more challenges slash stress in your life, you know, in relation to like job, kids, family, you know, how Game of Thrones is going to end, stuff like that. <laughs> Just to dial it back to, to what Jay said about loving your body. Ideally, we, you know, we want people to feel happy with their body and we want them to love it. But ultimately, when I have someone come to me and they're really uncomfortable with that idea, you know, they're so far away from that. What I'm aiming for first is body neutrality, like just to feel like this is what I have and this is fine. Like not like I can't want to change it or I can't, but to stop nitpicking everything and to stop hating themselves. Like you wouldn't speak to your friends that way. You wouldn't speak to your kids that way. Like don't speak to yourself that way. So just aiming for body neutrality most of the time, nobody, even people who are really fit, nobody loves the bo- their body all the time. So finding a way to just be neutral about it is a great place to start. And I would say if, if you are totally fixated on a number on the scale, I would try and change the focus of that because I feel like for a, a part of my life, I was in that zone myself, especially after college, you know, and after having such a high level of activity level and then going to working a regular job and trying to figure out, okay, how do I stay in the shape I want to be in with less time available? Yeah. You know, and still love the body I have. I think that was a huge transition for me. And being totally fixated on a number on the scale, you are always chasing this magic rabbit. Like, it, it's something I mean it, it, like you tell yourself you're going to be happy when you get there but you're not exactly and it's really silly like your body fluctuates based on so many things how much water did you drink yes. do you have regular bowel movements like are where are you in your cycle as a female like there, there are so many things that can change that number on the scale I, I mean in my opinion get rid of it like it's just a bad habit you're, that keeps sucking you in and it's not benefiting your life in any way. Like I can't, the only time I get on the scale is when I'm competing in a competition and I have to have a weigh in. Like there's really no benefit or point in me knowing what weight I am. I know if I feel good or if I don't feel good, if my clothes are fitting, if they're not fitting, there are so many other more beneficial ways to think about your body and your training and your lifestyle. Yeah. And to compliment that, another point I'll add is that 
always be aware of the company you keep and you know if if there's people around you who are reinforcing these negative messages of how you have to look based on what is the societal norm and if you are happy with your body and there's people around you saying oh you know you need to lose weight and stuff like this maybe it's time to get rid of hanging out with those people yeah or set up some firm boundaries around the way that you allow them to speak to you yeah because i think we hear these messages all the time but don't question them Mm -hmm. you know and if you're happy with your body what's to say that also maybe you're not happy with your body but maybe that's coming from what you're hearing from someone else like whether it's messages from someone in your life or messages like i said magazines in the grocery store people you follow on social media like be very particular about the message, messages that you allow into your life. You can choose who to follow. You can choose the type of boundaries you set up with people and the company that you keep. Of course, we can't like help seeing magazines and stuff at the grocery store, but keep I think, your eyes I, I think it's less, than the, it's less than about the, the, the magazines now. I think it's more about the social media because we have a device in front of us so, so much. I would agree with that. You know? And it's the, it's the Instagrams, it's the inverted quotes uh, influencers right yeah like I, first of all I don't know what an influencer is I hope I'm never one and I don't know what that even means but these people who are fitness influencers or fitness models blah 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 I'm just going to tell you the vast majority of these people have won the genetics lottery and they don't have to work for the body they have they don't have to work extremely hard compared to the vast majority of people mm. right so they have this awesome body. They, you know, they found this way of training slash eating that probably works really well for them. Although any way might work fine. Right, if you're, exactly. Like if you're... Especially most of these people are in their 20s, early 30s, yeah. right? And so a lot of things are going to work. That's not to say that they can coach you to a point where you're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Because or if doing what they're doing will well, that's give you success. Solely, solely going off what they have done is not going to work for everybody. Yep. That's a one-size-fits-all. That is not how the real world is. Exactly. Right. And just to kind of add to that when it comes to social media, like Aaron said, you know, we are in charge of what comes across our feed. I would do a purge of anything that's negative or... Just doesn't make you feel good about yourself. The person themselves might not be negative, but seeing them all the time and the way they look because they're different than you might not make you feel good. But I think one of the one of the and to speak to the positives, right, about social media is I see a lot more women of different sizes embracing being different, which I think is great. Yeah, I mean, I think it, you have to look harder for it. The representation in the fitness industry is still not where it needs to be, but it's getting there. And if you look, you can find it. I'm, I will say I'm impressed by the, the amount of females I see, like em, embracing strength training. You know, I see women on there squatting, deadlifting, doing all sorts of things that I think the vast majority of the population needs to be doing in order to improve their health. And, you know, if they're getting a positive message out in that respect, I totally, totally on board with that. Yeah. But just make sure whatever messages you're taking in, whether it be from an actual human, like in front of you or from social media, that it makes you feel good about yourself. If it doesn't, find a way to get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of getting back to our topic about being skinny and the misinformation about strength training, I would say to save yourself the hormonal up and down of a yo-yo diet or these purges of going on a diet binge and then coming off and you know feeding into your frustration of not kind of reaching your goals 
I would I would try and find a coach who can help you learn how to strength train properly mm-hmm. and give you a plan in relation to reaching your goals with process and outcome goals. Yeah. You know, process stuff that these are, I like to think of process goals as like the, the small steps daily and weekly we can do to get to where we want to be. Yeah. And our outcome goals are big goal. Yep. Right. Because um, I, I, w- I would like, and I think it's our job in, you know, inverted commas time again, fitness industry, to change the mindset. And I think education is a huge part of that. Education is the biggest part. So, anyway, we just want to share our story today. Yes. So, I think it's important to get that across. And we'd definitely love to hear from you guys. If you have a thought, leave it in the, the comments on Instagram or wherever you can find us on the street. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, we want to hear what you guys have to say about this. And, you know, what are some things that you do that help you feel good? Yeah, exactly. We'd love to hear from you guys. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. It is a pleasure to get back on here. We've, yeah, thanks we've been for on having a little, me back. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus for a while there. <laughs> but, yeah, okay. We will uh, we'll check out and we'll catch you on the next episode. See ya. See ya.